Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. My name is Richard Foster, and this is, I believe, the 31st episode of the Stromcast. We had planned to move into the episodes 31 through 40 with short, uh, detailed breakdowns of, of individual supplements or products or, um, or performance-enhancing drugs. But instead, we've decided to get Matthew Tofton on and talk about all of the various retarded things that he's done over the years. For those of you who don't know, Matthew Tofton is a uh, bodybuilder, a member of Team Strom from Grimsby. He is a PCA British champion. Is that correct, Matt? No. No? No. No, I've never won a British. No. Oh, yeah, you did say you haven't no. got a sword. Okay. Well, Matt's a very good bodybuilder who should be. I've got loads of overalls, but they introduced the swords after. I probably should get one. Right. So... Yeah. So, you metaphorically have several swords. I have, yes, yeah, several overalls, but they never had any swords. Right, just big trophies. Um, Matt is a bodybuilder that I've been a fan of for a very long time because he has uh, almost a cartoonish look to his uh, his, his muscle bellies. Um, he always looks great on stage, always brings condition, and I think he bridges a nice gap between the kind of old-school meat and potatoes bodybuilders and, and the more new-school um, everything being led by science approach and Matt also is um, a huge fan of doing really stupid things to, to try and eke out that extra one percent and that's some of the stuff that we're going to look at today I do want to preface this with, um, with with the advice that this is not advice um, do as do as we say not as we do but on this occasion don't do as we say or as we do um all information is provided for edu- entertainment purposes only um and um if you are unsure of anything or thinking of trying anything you hear in this podcast probably don't is there anything you'd like me to add to that Matt? it's not even a don't do what i do because i don't do this stuff anymore this is all i, I, I say it to clients all the time when i advise them not to do things it's not just me saying it most of well, a lot of my stuff comes from actually making the mistakes, the experience that probably most fuck-ups that people do, I've done it and I've learned it the hard way. Um, so it's not just, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's yeah. And am I right in thinking that based on the conversation we had the other day and some of the stuff that you you have done in the past, uh, were you a bit of a kind of a follower of Dante Trudell? Not Dante Trudell, sorry. Um, who, who's Dante the British Shane. one? Oh, Dan Duquesne. Uh, no, Dan oh. I thought Dan Duquesne was American. You know what? I just always read his, his, his book in a British accent. He may well be American. He may, I mean, I know he, he lived out in America, but he, he might have moved there. I think the British one was Paul Borison. That's so, it. That's what I'm thinking of. He was the guy that was heavily linked to CMP, was he? Yeah. And Dorian and all the, and he was a bit mental. So for, for our younger listeners, because actually the vast majority of our listeners are a little bit younger, certainly when I was kind of coming up in training and weightlifting and drugs, there, there was Dan Duquesne and there were Paul Burrelson and uh, uh, there was a book that I read cover to cover over and over again called Building the Perfect Beast. Um, and they, there were lots of things that people used to do that in the cold light of day look kind of crazy now. But actually, you could kind of reason to yourself that they made sense. Um and some of those things are the kind of things that Matt's done. I know that I've done 
I've done sillier things in the past and they're normally in the pursuit of condition. I think the really silly things come in when people are trying to get condition rather than necessarily muscle growth, because that's quite simple. Eats a lot of food and, you know, probably take a lot of drugs. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, it's normally, well, obviously you have building muscles or sort of a long-term thing. So you can't, I mean, you can obviously just ram. I mean, I've done there and tried to build muscle fast, which we know we can't do. Like, and you look back in hindsight and, my opinion, very naive. But taking grams upon grams upon grams of gear a week when you've only just started bodybuilding, thinking that oh, drugs are the answer, um, and you learn very quickly. And how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh on stage now, Matt? <laughs> now, uh, my cutoff's two two five pounds, so I just get under that. So, sort of. I mean, if I stood on some scales, I'd probably be about sort of 220, 225. And what did you weigh? What did you weigh when you first competed on stage? Uh, my first show in 2012, I was 81 kilograms. So what's that? 167 pound, I think, something like that. Okay, so in, in uh, 10 years... That was a really quick maths. I just knew yeah. it was. <laughs> I so, think something like that. I think I was about... So there'll be people going, oh my God, he's gained 50 pounds. But that's 50 pounds in the course of 10 years. Yeah, and a lot of that, I mean, I've done 30 in the last three. There was a big period where I stalled and... Um... And actually, in the last three, you've been relatively sensible but just really consistent yeah which i think's the answer to bodybuilding um i mean i mean i started using drugs in i was 20 so what 2000 end of 2009 i think i started like my i did my first ever course um just test um but then literally after two years of competing I I was on five gram a week in like drugs. Right. Like, yeah, quite a bit. Um it didn't last long. Um, mainly for the fact that I couldn't actually move because the pip of taking yeah. I was on like five and a half mil of oil every day. And I was going to the gym and I couldn't even sit down on stuff. And it was but also I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to get out of bed. Um, um, I was so lethargic and just felt like dog shit. I think your body tells you. Over the last couple of years, a lot of the podcasts I've done are focused on how people are over-focused on drugs these days and it's the be-all and end-all. But actually, if you go back to the 2010 to 2000, and well, probably 2008 to 2013 period, there were lots and lots of people that would be talking on, on things like UK Muscle about you need to hit over two grams of gear for things to be, you need to hit three, you need to hit four. I don't hear anyone doing that anymore. So I don't think that everything has got worse. I do think that there were there were subcultures within bodybuilding where four or five grams for a blast wasn't unheard of. Um, yeah. There was a thing that I used to really like doing, and I guess I got quite big, but I never got I never went anywhere with it. Um, I used to really like um, uh, sick. You heard of that short high intensity cycle? No. So I think that was a, a Dan Duquesne thing. Um, but effectively, oh, is that you did like four weeks, then rotate the the drug. Or... No, so this was where for the first, I think it was either the first seven or ten days, you would load yourself up with about one point five to two grams of gear a day, 
and then take nothing for the rest of the month. Okay. Um, The idea being that much anabolism would happen and then as the drugs come down, you would train and grow. And um, I mean, it was basically just an excuse to inject as much gear as you could for a week. Um, (laughs) Did it work? Probably not, no. But... um, I mean, I'm sure something worked, but drugs are drugs. Yeah. Would it, would it have worked any better than if I'd split that dose out over a year and a half and not had my head fall off three times? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. So, do as we say, not as we do. What would you say? Let's kick off hard. What is the silliest thing that you've done in the pursuit of a physique? Um, I actually, in terms of probably looking back, what was the most dangerous thing I've done? At the time, I thought it was perfectly normal. Uh, it was probably my first ever show peak week. Um, just how I approached it, what happened after it, and obviously now being experienced in the world, what could have obviously happened. Obviously, we probably um, don't want to go into... Did you win your first show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into too much detail with what happened then but did it involve distilled water and diarrhea no it wasn't anything it was literally the whole so I competed in 2012 and this was I mean it, it seemed weird like it was 10 years ago but Instagram I didn't have Instagram it wasn't a thing Yeah, I didn't know competitive bodybuilders like there was none in my gym there wasn't that guy that you sort of go to was competed to get the advice. Um, for like three or four years before that, whilst I was at university, I just used to sit in my room and research training and drugs and all that kind of stuff. And, every, um, and then it was sort of drug use was what the guys at the gym are doing, a little bit of advice here and there. Uh, but when it came to actually getting on stage, I didn't actually know what to do or I didn't know anything about bodybuilding. I didn't know even on my Facebook, which I had, I didn't have any bodybuilders. Now, you go through my timeline now, it's just bodybuilder, 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 bodybuilder. But back then, that wasn't my circle of friends or there was no one I could message or, or ask. So, And things were still very on the down, though, then. You know, people yeah. didn't talk openly about drug use. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, you could just post on, like, you can just post on a status now, hey, I'm coming into peak week, should I use... Um, Halo or Superdrol, and people will give you answers, and no one cares. It, it wasn't like that. Yeah, it's um, the answer even... is Superdrol. <laughs> I do like Superdrol, I see. Pete Week. Um, so yeah, it was. It was just me thinking about oh, last, and then I was. I actually was. I was prepping for. What was the Mr. Lincolnshire at the time? It was just the shitty regional local show. And then I think I was, I'd been dying for a bit and I was looking all right. And then about five weeks out, they cancelled the show. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. Like, what do I do now? Oh, um, yeah. And I didn't know. So I was literally Googling like bodybuilding shows. And then I saw the show. It was UK BFF at the time. I didn't even know who UK BFF was. It was um, the Northeast at Leeds Town Hall. And I was like, right, okay, I'll do that show. And it was so many, I think it was it was about 10 weeks away. And I thought, right, I best get massive then, leading up to that. Now my thing's been cancelled. So I just started jabbing those of insulin, as you do, and eating a load of food. 
just 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 insulin with meals or just just post training i used to um, use a product from cytec called the uh, jumbo yeah yeah and it and i used to love it and it was i think it was about 30 40 50 grams of protein and a load of different um variety of carbs in there and i was just smacking in novo rapid and having that post-workout and because i was in condition yeah I was, I was pretty ready i didn't really have to do i don't I think i was doing three minutes cardio a day on a row machine just sprints um and that was going to seem like a horizon was it horizon or one of those shitty things on bbc where they were saying that um, X amount of minutes, this interval is equivalent to 30 minutes five times a week. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. And I was getting in shape. And then uh, I was just on the internet. Oh, it, these people use insulin, so I bought some of that. That was where you had to go on dodgy websites to get all this stuff. Or you knew you were in the inner circle and you knew someone in the gym to was get that, stuff Was on. that around the time that, that there was Roid Check? Was that a thing then? Maybe. The website they used to go on and, and they would, like, people would rate different sources. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember what, what website I got up, but then I remember I was on that website and I was just like clicking through the categories and I got to fat burners and there was this thing called BMP and I was like, well, what's this? So I, started, <laughs> so I started Googling it and I was like, oh, wow, this can literally at every pulse point. I was like, amazing, amazing, amazing. Skip over the negatives, might die, might fuck that. <laughs> and I, I was one of those people that, I didn't really have like a fear of stuff. I thought, I don't really want to listen to someone or oh, someone tell me this, 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 and this. I, if I'm going to, I'll find out for myself. Yeah. So I did a little bit of reading and then I bought some. And then. So just to inter- DMP is the one thing we've never talked about on here. Um, right. More than happy to talk <laughs> about it. But just for people who are listening again, I do have quite a lot of younger listeners. DMP, people talk about insulin being dangerous. You'd have to be genuinely borderline retarded to kill yourself with insulin um you'd probably put yourself to sleep for a little while more than anything dmp is one of the only things in bodybuilding other than diuretics i suppose that if you accidentally take a double dose it might kill you with a single dose and if if you take a a dose that will kill you there's nothing you can do about it there's no going to the doctor and saying i've taken an overdose please fix it you are fucked and it's probably one of the most unpleasant ways you could possibly die so with that caveat in mind um matt found some on the internet in 2012 and figured he'd give it a go um <laughs> and i will point out i'm not you know i'm not being i'm not being that guy i've i've used dmp extensively in the past at doses of 75 right the way up to 625 and um and and there's no denying that it's effective but also that the higher doses its side effects are, are very unpleasant and probably not worth the squeeze yeah so i've awesome dmp and Obviously, now there was that period, I think, around sort of 2015, where it hit the mainstream media and everyone got terrified. But before um, well, that, was that was wasn't Shrewsbury. That was a, a girl in Shrewsbury. Um, training standards came down too strong to ask if we sold any product with DMP. And because they were having a big clamp on it, I was like, no, we're a supplement shop. That's not what we do. Um, DMP is not even a, a poison, it's an industrial chemical. Um, but yeah, that was that was a young girl in Shrewsbury um, that, that hit the, the mainstream news. It was very, very sad. And I think. I don't know, but from what I understand, it was uh, someone who bought it on the internet just thinking it's like a normal diet pill and just took more. Yeah. And that's the thing, because of the mechanism of how DMP works, the extensive half-life, someone takes it. But the advice I was, I was, I read was pick the smallest dose you've got available to you, take two days 
or do run that for two days or five days. And then if you feel okay, you can possibly up it. But people take it in the morning and go, oh, well, I'm not feeling that. I'll have another. Yeah. And they go, oh, I'm still not feeling that. And have another. And by the time they feel it, it's already in them. And then the three days previous also come and bite them in the ass. Then they just get go to hospital and get packed with some ice and die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I always used to say five days and... There's a couple of things with this, isn't there? Um, the, the, a, a dose of 500 milligrams is like the most I've known of people using recreationally, and a dose of 1,000 milligrams will kill most people. And you're relying on someone, probably in China, having made those capsules up at exactly the correct dose, um, which is kind yeah. of where it gets really difficult. You know, there's, there's not a lot of other drugs where the effective dose is, is, is two tablets and the lethal dose is four. Uh, that's, that's quite yeah. unusual. Um, but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. This The way it builds up in your system is catches people out yeah and i think that's where people that maybe either haven't done any sort of recent so just bought them off a guy who said oh these will make you lose fat real quick um that's where they get into into trouble so but anyway i so yeah i got some dmp and i think i was four weeks out from the show because i'd read that obviously you get massive water retention on it and the effects of the fat loss don't necessarily present themselves until the water dissipates so you want to be off it for about two weeks at least before you get on stage and then literally the day i started taking dmp we had a heat wave um and i think it was about 28 degrees for the 10 days in summer um definitely a winter it was hot but then definitely a winter drug like mid-off season tidy oh, yeah. To be, I mean, I think that the Russians use it in the world yeah. to stay with they, they, they used it um, on, on the Eastern Front to prevent their troops from getting too cold, um, which it works, but it also massively increases your, your food requirement. They didn't have a lot of that either. Um, pretty fucking tired. But they discovered its weight loss effects, I believe, in France um, when they were using it for munitions um, and everyone was losing weight. Yeah, yeah they, and then a lot of people died. Um, it, that's, I think that's when they actually started putting research into it as a as a weight for fat loss. It was it was prescribed for actually quite a few years. I think in America it was quite popular. They stopped using it with women because it yeah. caused cataracts. But you know it was it was. Um, but then you know, cocaine and heroin were also prescribed around that time. So I suppose that's not the best example. Yeah, I mean, cocaine was in Coca-Cola, so <laughs> around the same time. So yeah, we can't really judge the uh, judge that. Um, so yeah, but to me, I, I mean, I got I got very lean on that, and I even though the the, I mean, I think I was doing, I think I went up to seven hundred and fifty milligram. Yeah, that's retarded. For, uh, for I think there were two hundred and fifty milligram, and it was the powder. So yeah. you get powder and crystal, and powder last. The crystal kind of lasts longer and has a little down bit. quicker. Yeah, and you've got a yeah. little bit more active DMP per. Per milligram crystal is probably a little more controllable um, because it's, it's in and out a little bit quicker, but both both the same compound. Yeah. Um, I, See, I think I did like 250 for the first week or the first five days, and I went to 500 for five days. And I think I did four days at 750 and stopped, and life was awful. Um, the the lethargy is unlike anything else. Yeah, it's you don't want to do anything. I was just literally, I mean, I was eating food and just the sweat was 
running off of me into my food and I just sat there eating. My breathing rate was through the roof. Yeah. Um, but I was fucking shredded um, and didn't die. So, so then obviously we was coming up to the peak week and I thought I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I was just Googling stuff and I think I came across an article on T Nation. Um, and it was how to how to peak for a show. Or I came across several articles and tried to make the best of all of it. Yeah. Which is generally the thing you don't do. So I started. And also, which looking back now, I realize I read a peak week for a Saturday show. Um, and I was competing on a Sunday, which I didn't realize at the time. So that quick that gets quite important towards the end. Yeah. So I found my friend uh, who owns a garage and I got massive vats of um, deionized water because I, I read that's so- another thing that has just disappeared now that I very much doubt any of our listeners or very few of our listeners unless Paul Scarborough's listening will will know anything about but uh, but deionized water like you put in your car battery um, people decided it would be a good thing to put in their body because it's got the minerals taken out so it won't mess with your electrolyte balance i.e. the electrolyte balance that your body's maintained really well for 30 years with normal water. I actually, and I did that for several preps, actually, for several years. And in the end, I actually just used to walk into Halfords and buy the car, car battery water. And I used to walk around the street uh, just with a big, I think it was about 2 litre, 2.5 litre. Just, but people were looking at me like, the fuck is drinking car battery water? <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, but look how shredded I am. <laughs> so yeah, I was doing that. I think I was doing ten liters a day, um, and then I was taking aldactone, hundred milligram of aldactone a day, which is a, a very for, for how long? Um, so I started the Monday, so five six days. Right. Um, so again, diuretics are a bit of a taboo subject these days. The, the extensive usage of them I don't think is great within bodybuilding, but I do think they are a tool for a job for certain physiques. And if I were to use a diuretic with a with a, a competitor, I might use something like diazide for 24 to 48 hours. So we're a week out, we're full of deionized water and 100 milligrams of aldactone. But aldactone takes a while. Like, aldactone is a very, very mild diuretic, and it does take a while for its sort of action to build up. And it doesn't really, I think it's, I think I've read like into the diuretic act something like three percent or something. Like it's pretty shit. Like whereas a diazide is it like fifteen or something, and then you had Lasix so about twenty. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was, so I was taking aldactone, um, and then I then read that the best thing to do before a show is shitload. <laughs> so I'd. Cut my so I cut my water Friday night because obviously I read an article for a show that was on Saturday. Yeah. So I cut my water at 6 p.m. Friday night. I wasn't on stage until Sunday morning. And then the plan was I went to get my tan done. Again, I bought the tan at home, jam tan a tan, and everywhere just said, Don't let it touch anything because you'll go green. Um, I didn't know anything about tanning on the day, tanning at venues. So I went and got, gave it to this woman at a salon. She spray tanned me at like three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. 
then I was just petrified of touching anything and everything up until that point. And then I I went home and about six o'clock, bearing in mind, I hadn't drunk any water now for 24 hours. I started eating pizzas, burgers, cheesecake, just literally cookies. And I just ate from about six o'clock until 10 o'clock at night. Just not, my friend came around, he was coming to the show with me in the morning. And I was just literally just eating shit. It was the worst ex- one of the worst food experiences of my life. My mouth was so dry. Um, but it was just fucking horrible. Anyway, went to bed, woke up. I woke up in the morning and I couldn't actually physically pinch any skin on me. I was so it worked. Well, I'm, th- I'm there thinking, well, I'm in condition. Um so I thought, right, cool. But I was up in the night because I read something else about guys. I kept waking up in the night and I was putting an ice cube in my mouth, sucking on it, spitting it out just because my mouth was so dry. And then on the way to the show, we stopped at um, a shop and I said to my mate, I said, you're going to have to go and get me some grapes or something because I just need something. Um, I just need some kind of fluid or because I'm fucking dying here. So I started eating these grapes and then my stomach started feeling real bad. I'm driving down the motorway and I just turned to him and I was like, I think I've shit myself. And I had my trunks on. <laughs> so I had to pull over the hard shoulder of the motorway to check. And I was like, oh, we're all right. Show's still on. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, we got there. Got to the show, and all these like signed in and stuff. Dave Crossan, first time I ever saw Dave Crossan, he was there, loud as fuck in the hallway, big scary bastard. Um, and all these people sat there like dull and shady eating chicken and rice, and I'm pulling out like pizza <laughs> in cling film, thinking I don't think I'm doing this right. <laughs> so anyway, sat there, ate it, went backstage, tried to pump up, couldn't get a pump, so. Obviously, just pulled out some honey, squirted into my mouth, still trying. Fuck all happened. Um, and that was that show was still a morning and night show. So I'm assuming so, at this point, if you just drunk like a litre of Lucasaid, you probably would have looked amazing. I probably would have needed about eight litres. But yeah, it, that, re, that rehydration would have definitely brought my physique back to life a little bit, perhaps. Um, so... Anyway, we went on stage, I was in the middle, blah, 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 but then it was a night show, so I had to come back for the results, so I still wasn't drinking any water. So by the time, I think I had a little bit when I came off stage because I actually thought I was going to die. Um, so it was, by the time I actually started drinking some fluid, and I think I came off stage after I'd won, and it had been nearly 48 hours since I'd actually physically drank some water, and I just necked like two litres and then kept drinking and I think then I drove from Leeds to Lincoln to go on a night out right good um, <laughs> but I got there and I was like oh no I'm not I'm not having this um and then obviously I qualified for the British finals which were in five weeks so just, time to be so you won that show yeah I won that show your class or the overall oh I was a junior I was 29 um Alf Bales was there with Sassy's first show. Ricardo, Ricardo won the overall. Um, 
I was never going to win an overall with like I think it was it was the first show Ant had done a UK BFF Ant turned pro that year. Ricardo was the light heavyweight who beat Ant in the overall. So that was Sasan's first show. He won the intermediates. So you were um, in the overall at your first show with Ant and Sasan and Ricardo. There, was, there wasn't an overall. I don't think there was one. Well, I think they're in it. I just I, was, I, I must have just left. I don't. Just, to be fair, people still do that. Just go fuck this. I'm off. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I think at that point in the UK, the juniors didn't even get an invite into the overall. Oh, okay. I think it was just the opens. Because I believe even the intermediates didn't. I think that only changed. Was it? Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, the he competes with PCA now. I think he also did FEX last year. The Polish guy. Um, oh, the Polish guy. I don't, know, I don't know why I forgot his name. But anyway, he. I think they changed the rules one year and the Nottingham finals because he turned up into the intermediates and he blew everyone's mind. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, and he's like, well, he can't turn pro because he's in the intermediate. And I think they actually changed the rules that day to allow him to go into it. But I don't think he won. Um, I think. Um, Oh, I know his name. I can't believe I forgot it. It doesn't matter anyway. So anyway, I won that show. Um, and I remember seeing a post about James Hollingshead, who'd won the junior show at the South Coast or something. I was thinking, fuck me, look at this cunt. Like, if that's what I've got to go up against the British finals, I need to get big. So here's me thinking that I can actually do something in five weeks yeah. to put muscle on. So... Monday, back on the insulin, just started ramming food in. By Wednesday, I was 48 pound up. Nice. PB. Um, I remember taking, I got ready for bed one night, and I took my boxer shorts off, and in my groin, there was what you could just describe as, that it just looked like a water balloon. Like, my, my boxer shorts actually, are you up? What, 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 was, what? what was in your pants? In my groin, it, all you could say was like a water balloon. It was just a big pocket where my boxer shorts had cut the fluid off in my legs, and it was literally just like, just like a water balloon. Right. Just like I, like I say, I gained forty-eight pounds just of fluid. Yeah. Because I restricted water for forty-eight hours. Yeah. With diuretics, and then all of a sudden, just slammed a load of water, sodium, insulin that retains water back in. And I was 50 pounds up. And I was like, Did oh, you make a Facebook hell. status about how you gained 50 pounds of muscle post-show? No, because it wasn't a thing back then. Like, and then I wasn't even on. Hashtag still in condition. <laughs> I wasn't in condition. I looked like a fucking bag of shit. I was so watery. And I thought, I've never... I, the water was still on me at the British finals. Right. Like, I, didn't even, I didn't even get it off. And that was when... I bumped into some guy at a local gym at home and he gave me, he was like, oh, you need these. He gave me some Lasix. Good. Didn't know, didn't know what they were. He just, 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 a, just a bloke in the gym saying, oh, just take one of these. And, and again, for our, for our uh, newer, younger listeners, Lasix is a diuretic that's not really used in bodybuilding anymore unless you really fucked up. Um, it's an extremely dangerous loop diuretic that is used in kidney failure, among other things. So don't take Lasix. So, so yeah, looking. I mean, I've seen people 
come off of stage and gain like 20 pounds and end up in hospital with fluid on their lungs like, and on their organs. So the fact that when I look back now, I think, fuck me, like that we could have gone south badly. Yeah. Um, Although when you're young, this is now, you have more of a fuck up margin. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. But this like, is if why I, I sneeze wrong speed. now, if I sneeze wrong now, then I have a sore neck for the rest of the day. So, you know, sneezing is probably the most dangerous thing I do. I say, like, if I'm going to die anytime soon, it's going to be two things. I'm going to be choking on a silica pack or sneezing. Right? They're the two most dangerous things I do at the moment. Um, yeah, if I sneeze at the wrong angle, it feels like my spine's coming out of my head. Yeah. So, uh, get ready for the British finals, lay six, and just rode it in, or was there something else that happened? No, that was shit in the British final. I was still uh, well out of condition. Um, no, it was pointless even going to that show. But so, yeah, the, the dangerous part was the first, the first peak. Can you tell me why someone might use insulin before their fasted cardio, Mr Tofton? Um, because insulin drives down sugar in the blood. When the body detects sugar in the blood is lowering, it will um, leave glucagon to put glucose back into the bloodstream, but at the same time, it also is it lipase? No? Yeah. Well, anyway, puts triglyc- also dump triglycerides into the blood. Because um, that's, what, that's um, what body fat's there for, right? That's why we have stored body fat, for exactly that yeah. situation. So when we put more triglycerides into the blood and then obviously exercise, we can burn that up. So as long as you... people, I mean... I think and it was please, a damn Please, nobody message me to say studies have shown fasted cardio is no more effective. You will not find a study on someone doing fasted cardio full of growth hormone insulin. That's not a thing that will exist because of ethics. Uh, it doesn't mean that there isn't a use for it inside of very elite athletes. Anyway, sorry, carry on, Matt. Well, I, was actually, I was reading something by Lyle McDonald, and he was talking about fasted cardio and stuff, and he was saying that um, fasted cardio was like maybe in, in a very fat, individual it probably doesn't matter but when you are very lean like below sort of 12 10 body fat the the main issue that they have is actually i think it's mobilization availability of, of triglycerides to to allow for that fueling yeah so so that's why fasted cardio is actually seen beneficial in people with lower body fat or the um, growth hormone or both yeah so, so yeah, I, I I call it suicide cardio, um, <laughs> and if you get it right, you just get a bit of a hypo towards the end. And it, I used to do my, I used to walk around the streets with Percy pigs in my pocket just in case I went down. Yeah, to be fair, I've only had one hypo experience, which was when I used I used to train. Um, I've done pre and post workout insulin, um, and I think. I think on this occasion I'd done post-workout insulin. I would have post-workout, I would have uh, dextrose um, and whey, and then I would go and have a meal when I got home. But I got redirected to the pub on the way home um, and because bodybuilder drank Coke Zero. Um, And it wasn't until I went to get up that I was like, oh, I'm I'm fucked here. Uh, But it's fine. You just ask someone to go and get you chocolate and then nothing bad happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, it doesn't, I mean, unless you put a shitload of insulin in, um, it doesn't take that much. The body's pretty good. I mean, I've seen someone 
I saw a diabetic on, on holiday once and she literally collapsed at a table and her husband just grabbed the table sugar and, and threw it in her mouth and she just popped like, <laughs> the, the body's very, very, very responsive. Yeah. Because um, I, I have, even when I have clients that have natural hypos, I mean, your body will always ride, like, overcome a natural hypo. Um, yeah, no, always. Uh, and that is, that is a, that's an actual serious point. This is a do as, do do listen on this one. Um, if you're on prep, particularly if you're first time on prep and you, you start to experience hypos, it can't hurt you. Nothing bad will happen. Don't be a pussy. You know, I have clients and they go, oh, I had to, I had to eat this full bag of Harry Rostamix. You fucking, because I'm, like, didn't literally, one of them would have brought you around, but you wouldn't have had to do anything. Like, it's kind of a badge of honour when you get, I think, fucking brilliant. I'm where I need to be. Yeah, yeah. I know Andrew Keeler is very much of the same mindset, like, if you're yeah, getting hypos on prep, then just go and sit yourself down in a quiet room for five, ten, maybe thirty minutes. It will pass, and when it's passed, yeah. it's passed because your body's released a load of triglycerides into your bloodstream and made yourself some fuel. So, so you're yeah. one step closer to where you need to be. Um, yeah. So obviously, I use sometimes because you can actually repl- almost replicate that sort of fasted scenario by using a little bit of rapid insulin and some growth hormone any time of the day um, and get maybe um, and it is maybe a, only a slightly better effect but this is bodybuilding it is all percentages yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's the addition it, of all of those percentages together over time um yeah. not last year the year before when i was big into my power lift and i got into what could i do to get the last little bit out of me like mm. i was trying to come up with like a peak week strategy for powerlifting, yeah. and and what i came to doing was um iv glucose pre-workout about two hours pre-workout um with a a tiny little bit of insulin um but that is a a bad idea because what what i tended to do would do 25 grams of iv glucose which is a huge amount of iv glucose test your blood glucose afterwards and be like oh well it's at 12 which is bad um and then do a little bit of insulin but the iv glucose dissipates incredibly quickly so actually you would come back in range to like five or six within 10 minutes anyway and then put the insulin yeah. in there to go the other way. Um, and I did uh, I did get rescued by Aaron, the guy who runs a hench project, on one occasion when I... Um, you know, sometimes you can't tell if you're hyper or hypo. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I think I'm hyper. I'm just going to go and have a little lie down. And um, I genuinely fell asleep and found him waking me up like... It's a very, very bizarre feeling. I'm sure you've done it, where you've, you've got it a little bit too far the other way. No, I've, I've never... I've never had a hi- such a bad hypo that... Well, I've had them, but I've always like. I I know when it's there and I know if I need to eat. If, if it's an insulin-induced uh, hypo and you get past the bit where you feel cold and shaky and sweaty and panicky, it's a little bit like drowning. You just become very relaxed. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've mean, i had... I've got home... Because even then, I used, like I say, I used to do my car and I'd take some insulin before and, I, and I'd be walking. And I actually love the feeling of, like, I'm not even walking forwards here. I don't know where I am. And... But I used to, I used to challenge myself. No, you don't need them. You don't. I mean, I've walked through the door and I've been like one point eight. Yeah. I'm like fucking hell. And then, then, like, then, it's, yeah. then, then it's food time. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got loads of pictures on my phone where I'm like in the twos and things like that. But everyone's a little bit different. I know some people that go like real bad and they're, they're like a four. Yeah. Well, um, when I was when I was lean, which is a long time ago, my my fasted blood glucose used to sit around three point two, three point four anyway. Um, yeah. but, but you're right. There are people who he gets under four and they feel like, like absolute shit. Um, I prefer to think that they're soft, but 
<laughs> and, and I think then I was watching something in it. Like, obviously, there's a lot of counter-regulatory hormones that are released to try and fight the hyper, and that's what's that, what actually makes you feel like a load of shit. The hyper itself is no big deal. I mean, I've had it where my lips are fucking blue and tingling, and I kind of like it. I'm a bit weird. Like, I don't know. There's nothing. People, oh, look at how thing. Well, I think I'm having a hypo. I'm like, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just kind of like it. But, um, you know, the guys that embrace that stuff, they are the guys that bring bring the condition um, pretty consistently. So we've done DMP, we've done insulin. Those are pretty much the two. They're the only two things in bodybuilding that are still a little bit, um, uh, people aren't comfortable talking about. Yeah, but I've got a funny story. On my, on my first ever prep, I was I finished university in 2012 and my first show was in 2012. So I was sort of transitioning between the student uh, bodybuilder lifestyle. I don't I trained all the time, but I never besides one summer at home, I'd never actually dieted um, or focused on my diet. I was a, a guy who went to the gym and then went on the piss three nights a week as a student. Yeah. Uh, and that was my life for sort of three or four years. Um so as I started getting into um, prep, I still wanted the night out, but I didn't want to drink. Right. So obviously got on my computer again, looking for some <laughs> shit. Calorie-free <laughs> alternatives to vodka. MDMA. No, MDMA came a lot later in life. Um, so I came across Fennibor. Right, okay, now, that's not where I thought this was going. No, this is like, one of those ingredients. I was talking to Christian Chapman about this this morning. Bodybuilders love to message me and think that they're really clever when they go, Hey, why don't you put Fenibut in your sleep products? Like, because it's it's very illegal now. Um, but you used to be able to get that in, um, not, uh, not, uh, no, GH Blast. But to be fair, it's in a lot of products, but it's fucking shit dose. It's like 300 milligrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I used to buy buy uh, 500 milligram caps. Um, so Fenibert, chemically, structurally, quite similar to Valium. Um, curious to see where you go with this, Matt. So, <laughs> did some reading, and it was obviously it was I think the Russians discovered it as a an alternative to um, like the um, yeah, so like anti anxiety medications and they used to give it to cosmonauts because. It reduces anxiety like a benzodiazepine, but doesn't impair your ability to function. Yeah. It's very so, Yeah. Um, so I did some reading and I read that like obviously certain doses, and there was low, it was it was guys that had like were experimenting with it. And I was reading all these blogs and what people were those people that were going like going to interviews and stuff like that, and all of a sudden they just started performing at these interviews because Usually they'd have anxiety and things. I mean, I used to be quite quite socially... I think I'm socially awkward all the time, but I was a socially sort of anxious person. I'm not, I've got very high inhibitions. Um, I'm not one of those people that, you know, someone can go to a nightclub and just go on a dance floor and dance without being absolutely hammered. Like, yeah. that's not me. But, I, but I, on a stage, fine. Pants on a stage, brilliant. You put a microphone in front of me, I crumble. See, I'm the other way around. I'm not uh, so comfortable in the pants, but microphone, very happy. 
you know, I could, I can do the, and I, and I always expected myself to be on stage, and that because of who I was, I, but he just never came. I was fully expecting to shit myself, but it never happened. Um, so yeah, so in situations, I'm a bit sort of quiet and like introverted in certain things. So I wanted to be still be able to go out and have a good time, but nothing to affect bodybuilding. So I read about this drug and I was like, fucking hell, cool. There's people saying, oh, if you take it with a little bit of caffeine as well, it helps you absorb it. So don't know if any button. And I used to wait, so I used to do like five grams of Fenny butt. Right. With a Red Bull on a night out. And fuck me. You you go into a down into a nightclub with all the music and all of a sudden you just get immersed into it. You have a great time, but then go and stand out into a quiet room and all of a sudden folk you've got this incredible focus. So I mean, I used to go out and then get in my car and drive home. And then I used to drive from Lincoln to Grimsby in like 30 minutes and just be like, fucking hell, this is incredible. Like, you just, so I kept using that. And it was good. I got all my friends on it. I had a great time. And then I used to work um, at Haven Holiday Park in Cleethorpes, security. And before I go there, I used, I used to take some. So I just normally used to get my little mini scales, weigh it out. It tastes, the powder tastes fucking awful. It's horrendous. Um, I just used to neck it. But I was running late for work. And I was I didn't have any scales. I was like, oh, I'll just eyeball it. And then like a big bit dropped in. And I was like, that'll be all right. So I mixed it. And I just necked it. And bearing in mind that they say that like a four gram dose of fennel is like a real nice hit of GHB. Right. Never uh, tried that. Never tried that. I've never tried GHB either. Um, so anyway, I was I was at work and they had like the show bar and I was walking around just like music's going. And I was like, you're all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just bobbing along. And someone said like, what the fuck have you got? I said, what are you on about? And my eyeballs were like, my pupils were dilated. I said, no, nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know that feeling where you're just about to fall asleep and you think you're falling off a cliff? Yeah. Well, I kept getting that walking. It was almost like, what oh, fuck? Like, I kept having to catch myself. And I was like, Someone's not right here. So I went and sat outside for a bit. And I was like, and then all of a sudden, I was just sick. And then I just kept being sick. And I was like, fuck, this ain't good. And then I was just nodding off and just kept falling asleep. So I'd driven there. And so my friend was like, I can't let you drive home. I'll drive you home. Um, so he kept, he was trying to drive me home. And I just kept falling asleep. So I, he didn't know where I lived. So I couldn't tell my address. And in the end, he rang an ambulance. Right. And I mean, this was what I was told because I was sort of in and out of... Basically, the next day I woke up with all my family around me and I was in hospital. And oh, it, wow. it was That escalated. It was, yeah, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I got told that I pissed myself in the ambulance. <clears throat> they, could, they actually... They thought I was unconscious and they thought I was dead. I was just sleeping <laughs> very deeply. And obviously, because they thought I was dying... They shove tubes straight up my nose. Now imagine just being in bed and someone shoving tubes up your nose. Apparently, I jumped up and grabbed them both like this, and they were all had to pin me down. And then, yeah, so I ended up in hospital on Fennyball. Right. But I think I was just sleeping. <laughs> like if I'd been left to it, I'd been fine. Yeah, like if you'd have just put me in bed, I'd have been all right. Because I woke up the next day, like you get an amazing afterglow off Fennyball as well. Like you wake up feeling like. Yeah. Brilliant. 
but I must have had like there probably was about 10, 11, 12 grams that probably fell in there. Um, so basically, I date raped myself. Um, but then the next day, I felt amazing. And then I think I. There are really no lessons to be learned there at all. I was reading a book, and the next thing I know, I was four hours later, and I was still reading this. Like the incredible folks, like because I think it was is is it a new tropic? Is it describes a sort of a new tropic as well? Well, it, it interferes with GABA receptors in the brain, doesn't it? Yeah. So so, so that that affects dopamine and, and all sorts of systems. Um, it, it's more nootropic than half the nootropics on the market at the moment. Yeah, then when we got home, my mum made me throw it in the bin, in the wheelie bin. Oh. And then I went back to the wheelie bin and got it out. <laughs> so, yeah, did I learn my lesson? No. No, no, not at all. Because I still got some in my kitchen and I take it three times a week now. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, and you sleep, I have, I have 1,500 milligrams three times a week. Like, because obviously you, you do build up a tolerance to it very quick. Um, so, if you took it every day, you'd end up having to do like, Two yeah. gram, three gram, four gram. And I sleep like a fucking baby on it. Someone definitely shouldn't do this. But if they wanted to add like a gram of Fenibut, um, 500 milligrams of GABA and three milligrams of melatonin to something like NeuroPM, I imagine hypothetically that would work really, really nicely. Yeah, because that's exactly what I do with a nice hit of THC. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, and then wake up in the morning, ECA stack to get you going. Yeah. Up as in the morning, down as at night, and say you do it, it. Yeah, apparently. Um, in fact, one of the most shredded people I ever knew. Um, I, when I asked him how, and he is someone who it's not Christian Chapman, if anyone thinks it's someone who got so peeled. I was like, well, that that you just look ill, but fuck me, it's impressive. Um, and their routine was up in the morning, MDMA, coke pre workout, and then. Um, sleeping tablets before bed and just 800, gram, 800 calories a day of, of protein from whitefish. Sounds about right. If it's a stupid idea and it works, is it a stupid idea? Yes, it absolutely is still a stupid idea. I mean, well, I've, I've heard, and obviously it's rumours about that, but in the 90s, the, they took speed, amphetamines, cocaine with DNP and, like, they were... Yeah, I mean, these, these compounds were still they used still then. Yeah, everyone gets romanticised about the physiques in the 90s and stuff, and they were great, but these compounds were all still used. It just wasn't all over a forum for everyone to know about. Yeah. Oh, they they were definitely like... I mean, you tell me, Chris Cormier, like, drugs are the best of times. You tell me we weren't using them to get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever used... Uh, I never remember the name of it. I've talked about it on a couple of podcasts. Um... The uh, prostaglandin. Prostaglandin. Is that the... Um, there's no other name for it. Is that the one that makes you shoot yourself? Yeah, PG32A, something like that. I've tried the one that makes you shoot yourself. Have you? <laughs> yeah, and it makes you shoot yourself. <laughs> any, any other... Positives or just? Well, I think this was, it's the drug, it, it, whatever one I use was the one that they give to cattle for, for abortions. Yes, that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. I'm I, sure it's called like PG3-2A, something like that. Um, yeah. 
that's something I've never used, but I read lots of stuff in the late 2000s about people saying it was the secret and things. Well, I've, 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 there's two sides to me, because I, I heard, and I'm, I'm going to name names because it's Flex Lewis, and people said that, and William Bonnack, so I imagine, I heard that that's where their biceps, they used it as a sight enhancer. Yeah, that, um, I read it for sight enhancement and then overall fat loss. Yeah, because I've also heard that it actually kills fat cells as well. So when I used it, I was micro-dosing in my glutes, subcutaneous, okay. um, to, to do that. And literally, you, I, would, I just used to, um, it was Lee who used to do it, she used to just like, inject me, and then I'd literally just go sit on the toilet and wait. Because within, within 10 minutes, literally, your bowels just fucking emptied. Um, and it gets very, very sore. And you almost get like a cellulitis type look. So you can't do it too close. I don't even know if it worked. Um, but you give it a go. I, I used to try it like, I, I think, I, I don't know if I'm a bit of a pussy now, or whether I've just realised that the drugs that have sort of stood the test of time, the ones that have been about 20 years and people are still using, are sort of the drugs that you should stick with. And the shit that appears and then disappears very quickly is for a reason. Well, you talked about that in the story today, IGF-1. Not, not necessarily bad, although if it causes liver cancer, very bad. Um, but it comes in and out of vogue, and I think it comes in and out of vogue because it never really delivers on its promise. No. Um, but again, I think sometimes it's, it's because certain drugs are built up. I mean, I mean, like, obviously, as I've got older again, it's another thing that you realise that they're not magic. Whereas when I first, like, the first time I, I used the, the LR3, and I've only ever used it once, was like 10 years ago. And I remember someone telling me, oh, these 200 IU kits that you used to buy, and you read into it and you think, fucking hell, I'm going to look like Philippe tomorrow. And I think it's these certain drugs that people hype up that they don't actually live up to the hype, so you never actually do it again. Whereas they're probably actually doing something. It's just like, not quite what you expected. Yeah, so I think we, uh, whether it's about managing expectations or, and it's sort of the longer you do it, you can't just do four weeks of IGF and you're going to look dead good. Yeah. But maybe if you did four weeks or 12 weeks or the full year, it's like growth. Like, there's a reason people used to believe that growth hormone didn't start working until possibly six months. Like, it's bollocks. Yeah. But it's when someone actually uses a, for a prolonged period of time. You get that cumulative effect. Yeah, and then that people think, actually, oh, we have to use that for six months before it actually works. So it's, no, it's, that's bollocks. But, but like, if you do use watch... six months, the little bit that worked every day for six months will all add together to be a significant amount. Exactly. Um, so I think, and like I said, I got some inquiries, and I think I spent like seven hundred pound on it. Like, and then for, and you think, oh, was it worth it? Mm, probably not. But it also could have, like, you don't know. Um, but when I hear about how much, well, the rumours of the pros, and like, I, I was given a somebody passed me a protocol by a top coach, and it was something like two. I think is it is it a forty milligram bottle or MCG for. 40, yeah, 40 microns, isn't it? So yeah, 4 milligrams. Um, and I was reading that they were doing 2 milligrams a day. That's a half a bottle a day. And I'm thinking, well, where the fuck are these getting their money from? Yeah. Um, so if that's what these 
to get the freaky, freaky effects. Um, but then, I, like I say, I, I put on that post and I spoke to them. They said that every every pro that they know, um, or every person they know that use it for a prolonged period of time, has encountered serious liver cancer sort of issues. Yeah. Um, right. And they champion LR3 and Des, whereas you talk to other people and they say, "Oh, that's bollocks." Only Incrolex works. Whereas, yeah, well, the the the, the issue with um, LR3 has always been so. If you do, if you do a blood test on someone that uses LR3, twelve hours later they'll still have elevated IGF one in their system. Now, my understanding of it is that the reason they still have elevated IGF one in their system is because LR3 doesn't actually fit in the IGF one receptor, so it stays in your bloodstream, circulating around, not doing what it's supposed to do, but replicating yeah. some of the functions of insulin, so you get a big dirty pump. Now, I might be wrong, and if well, it, 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 he might jump down my throat and correct me on a million different points, but I think that's the rough details of it. Yeah, that was the debt, like. With it depends a lot on the pH um, levels in your body. So the DES, I think the actual around training use the DES because the pH and things that the change with that you've got metabolic stress and training. Yeah, the actual DES receptor or whatever can sort of morph to fit, whereas LR3, like you say, won't. Yeah. Um, but, but so you I don't know people would do a blood test and go, well, 12 hours later, I still had IGF-1 in my system. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, um. yeah. Were there any other things you wanted to add to the list of stuff you've done that you maybe wouldn't do again? Or have we covered all of them? Um, I mean, there's probably loads of shit I would do again. But there's probably stuff I would do again and, or even try again or... You always get a fresh new perspective. I, to be fair, I said like two or three years ago, I'd, I'd never ever use DMP again, but I think I would. Um, I think it's become quite popular as a tool to use it at as low as 75 or even 150 milligrams. And, and at that, you get a nice metabolic boost with little to no side effects. I can understand the argument, particularly because it's got less in the way of systemic stress and things like uh, ephedrine, clenbuterol, stuff like that. It's not going to stress out your central nervous system in the same way. So... You know, I can see, I can see that as an application. I guess. Yeah, I used, I used to actually get quite defensive. I, I, you know, people say, "Oh, DMP. If you, if you, if you can't, if you have to need DMP, then you shouldn't be a bodybuilder." And I think, well, you, you're either natural or not. There's yeah. no. Well, I, I know several uh, pros that use DMP as well. It, it's not. Like I think like, like synthol, I mean, it's not uncommon. It is used, and to pretend it's not is ridiculous. And and why would you draw a line? Oh, well, that drug's fine, but that one's not. Yeah, uh, so if, you, if you're going to use drugs, then all drugs are on the table. It's down to your person. If someone can say, I would not use DMP, cool. But yeah. you can't say you shouldn't because, well, you're using drugs. So just because I chose to use a different drug. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, there's probably loads of dumb shit that I'll probably do again. But I think now I'm education in terms of like chemical signaling and you don't act like, like I've done five grand. I probably wasted four of them. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where pe people think, oh, yeah, but he's growing on it. Well, yeah, but he, he, he probably would grow the same on one. Yeah. And well, you, you've said before that your, your dosage and everything over the last three years has been much more moderate and you put on the most weight. Yeah. Most I think my last, yeah. My last prep, I finished at two gram. I started at 300 milligram. So I went from 300 milligram to two gram across 
12 weeks um, and tape it up. My plan for this off-season, again, I was started at 250 and I plan to finish around the two grand mark again. Um, I think that's... I mean, that, that's my choice when someone says, oh, two grams too much. It, it, but in terms of like area under curve with milligrams, because it tapers up, it's not as bad as doing two gram a week for the, the full duration. Yeah. Um, but again, that's that's my choice. And, and well, it's true for first as well, but, but very much bodybuilding is an assumed risk sport and, and people can do whatever they choose to do. Uh, I think there is a danger at the moment of becoming too preachy and telling people, you can't do this. Well, you can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to yeah. go and snort coke every day for the next 10 days, you if you want to go into a shop and buy nothing but cake to eat, you can. That will harm you as well. You know, the whole premise yeah. of, of what we do is free choice and as long as people are educated. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, some of that was very interesting um, and quite fun. Thank you very much for coming on, Matt. Uh, Matt owns a gym in Grimsby and you can find him on Instagram on, is it Matt underscore Tofton, just Matt Tofton? You can yeah, find Matt on Instagram. I'm, I'm there. Um, I will tag him in this. Uh, his gym is very good from what I understand. One day I might even go. Um, it is on my to-do list. And um, I look forward to seeing your competing. Is uh, You said you're taking a while out now, aren't you? Yeah, I think middle to end of 2023. I want to... This is going to be the last sort of hurrah, probably. So I haven't had an off-season on drugs for three years. And in those three years, I've managed to get 25, 30 pounds of muscle on. So I want one last old school, proper hard off season. Well, I say one last. There's going to be several sort of phases to that. Um, and then it's quite exciting. It's just to get another experiment, see what I can build. Yeah. And then I'll, um, it's not saying I'll be finishing competing by then, but this will be the last time I ever do a big off season. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm very excited for it because the package you bought this year was incredible and actually I, I, I expected you to do more shows with it but you kind of came along and I respect it. You came along, competed at, at probably the best amateur stage you could in the UK and went, right, well, I need to be here and I'm, I'm currently not quite there so I'm going to go away and do what I need to do as opposed to you could have potentially gone and done a load of amateur shows and, and, and maybe got yourself one of those swords. But <laughs> It's all right. This, I'll just look at this one every now and again. And what's that one? I can't. No, I mean, no one else will be able. No one else will be able to see because I don't actually record the video from this. Um, but Matt's got something behind his desk that looks like a t-shirt. Is it? No, it's Lee's bikini and sword. So oh. sword in the house. It's just not mine. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, incredible future for Leah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what her plans are either. I think she's a. Uh... She was a little bit disappointed from the weekend just because, obviously, like the pro class itself was girls that she'd already competed against. Um, and she thinks, well, she, if she goes and does another show in six months' time, it's still just going to be, because it's the pros, Yeah. and only there's only, obviously, four pros in that category. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't want it just to become, you know, merry-go-round of just competing against the same people, showing it, it can get a bit... Yeah. I'm not going to say boring, like, oh, I can be better and try and get first, but... You don't want to just end up going it, is, it is difficult. The, the pro cards outside of the IFBB is, is, a, is a funny thing. I think the PCA do great stuff and the universe looked like an incredible show. Um, 
but having a pro card in in a fed like pca does effectively just limit you from competing in other feds while yeah. not offering you a pathway to anything other than winning against as you say other people that you 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 you've competed against before until that maybe grows to a point where it's very very large and worldwide which i've no doubt it will do eventually but but for now it yeah it's a funny place to be yeah so she's not sure what she's going to do um well we'll see well thank you very much for coming on matt um it's been a pleasure to speak to you and i will have you i will have you on again um i'd love to have you on again <laughs> if you want to talk about a um we, we could look at, at nutrition or training or what it's like owning and running a gym. That's something we get asked about a lot. We've not had anyone on to discuss. I imagine the answer is a fucking nightmare. Um, and I will at some point get over to Grimsby. Thank you. Love you, bye. I'm going to have to... One second. I need a piss. Well, I'm going anyway. Okay. Bye, Matt.